right. How's everyone doing today? Thank you for joining us. This is The Future Belongs to Creators. I'm joined by my normal co-host, Charlie. Hey, Charlie. Hello. And Daniel Beasley, a co-worker and friend of mine. Say hi, Daniel. Hello, everybody. All right. Uh, today, we are talking about something that uh, maybe a lot of you are considering or maybe already doing, and this is launching your first newsletter. So some of us may have done this before, some of us may be thinking about it, but I thought it would be interesting for us to talk with Daniel, who is, he himself recently launched a newsletter, which I and Charlie are both subscribed to, right? Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yes. Yep. By the way, thank you. You got some fans right here. <laughs> and it's not just like, a, oh, he's my friend, so I'm going to sign up to it because he's my friend. It's actually a really cool newsletter, um, and I'll let you talk more about it in a little bit, Daniel. But yeah, I just wanted to get your perspective on what that's been like for you and yeah, but before we get into all that, how are you guys doing today? Doing good. Yeah, trucking along. We're in um, like performance review cycle time at ConvertKit. And so there's a lot of like writing happening right now on my end. Busy, busy times. <laughs> no doubt for, for you both as well. Yep. Oh, yeah. Well, luckily, I don't have to manage anybody. So I'm just writing my own. But <laughs> you guys. Yep. Yep. <laughs> on the other hand. Um, anyhow, I, uh, oh, Teddy's here. All right. He's back. Yep, we've got him in the chat again. That's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah great job last week, Teddy. Teddy, great job. You know, we had to bring him on the show just to make him show up in the in the chat again. So, Yep, that's how we do it. Eventually, we're just going to invite all of the listeners onto the show, and that'll be how we go about it. <laughs> There's one way to build an audience, I guess. <laughs> Whatever you got to do, you know? I mean, this is the kind of community we're trying to cultivate here. So Exactly. So, Daniel to turn the attention back towards you. I wanted to ask you, let's start off with, what made you wanna start this in the first place? I mean, there's, to give you a little bit of background about Daniel, he's formerly owned a coffee shop, which he and I have talked about a lot. Um, he's worked at several different startups, and um, I think one of them was Fly Flywheel, is that right? Yep, the WordPress hosting company, yep. Yeah, yeah, so you, you've you've had a, a different range of, of expertises and things that you do. So. Tell us a little bit about your newsletter, what it's about, and kind of what made you want to do it. The newsletter uh, is called Venture Remote. And so I'm going to go back in, in time a little bit. Thank you, Charlie, for uh, posting that. Uh, but I'm going to go back a little bit in time just to kind of give a, some history because it's interesting how it is where it is today. Because I still remember I was driving back from um, I'm in, in North Carolina. I was driving back from Raleigh uh, with my wife. And we were talking about uh, about two years ago, talking about I wanted to start blogging. And so I was like, what do I like? What do I enjoy? And back then it was, I really enjoyed working remote. And so my wife was like, what about venture remote? So the way this all ties in is I actually started blogging back then about working remote on the name of venture remote. But that lasted for like maybe six months, maybe less, maybe four months, um, because I learned a lesson in life. You can't, um, I also owned a, a web, web agency uh, at that time as well. And so I worked at Flywheel, owned a web agency. We just had our daughter and so a newborn baby. And so then I was also going to blog along the way as well, which was not the best idea. And so anyways, something had to go. That's actually how I found ConvertKit. Uh, so through that whole process, and then I actually applied to ConvertKit. So amongst all that as well, I started a new job at ConvertKit. And so at some point, something had to go. And so I quit blogging and, and sending out newsletter on under Venture Remote at that point. But at the same time that we were thinking about that, I was like, you know what I, we also love to do, which is travel and get out. And so that name works both ways in a sense, right? And so I always had that idea in the back of my head of like, 
maybe go towards doing that in the future. And so that's kind of where uh, it never left me. So a, a few months ago, I was like, you know what? I'm obviously still passionate about working remote because that's what I, that's what I do. But the pandemic brought on a whole nother kind of thing, which was we all created new habits of essentially staying inside and not getting out and doing much. And I, I think I realized how much and how important it is to get out into nature. And so that's kind of what brought me into Venture Remote, which is researching different places around the world that are mostly remote-ish places. So they, they don't have to necessarily be um, fully remote or whatever, where you have no internet or anything like that. It's just really cool places that ideally help you unplug, get out and um, travel and stay somewhere to get out into nature. So that's kind of the long, long story of how it all came to play. So I definitely pivoted uh, the idea along the way, but that's it. I love this um, concept for a newsletter because it's, I don't know, it's just something as soon as I saw it, what you were doing, I was like, of course this needs to exist because I'm <laughs> always interested in traveling somewhere new. I especially like to work remotely from various places and and do like working vacations basically where mm -hmm. I feel like you get to live in a place more when you're not just there on holiday and you're like there and you do your work and maybe you go to a coffee shop or I don't know, um, go for a hike sort of things in, in the afternoons. And so, yeah, having a curated list of like places that someone else has already done the searching for. And then it's like, you pick one and you pick one and that's where you go and that's where you stay. I, I love the idea of that. I already have, um, I just was scrolling back in my messages to my partner because as soon as I saw in one of your venture remote emails, this uh, Airbnb in Iceland, I was like, I want to go there for sure. <laughs> like there's this picture of the Northern Lights. It's in the middle of yes. nowhere. It is on my list. And when I am vaccinated and like traveling again, I am going to go stay in that Airbnb because it was on Venture Remote. So <laughs> thank you for doing the searching so that I don't have to. Yes. Well, please report back. Uh, I would love to hear. And I also want to start sharing eventually down the road some some of people who maybe they book something or just in general, if they book some really cool place, um, I would love to kind of highlight that as well. One thing too with this is that I don't know, it's, maybe it's a weird thing for me, but I really enjoy the research of traveling. I don't know if I want to say as much as the actual travel, but I just really enjoy like putting together little trips for the family or uh, bigger trips. And so I was like, how, how do I do what I like to do and actually create that for other people and show value um, for them? And that's kind of how the idea uh, about this kind of sparked was just like, I'm, I already enjoy doing this. So let's just take it and share it with other people. I love that because I find it, I like the research to a point, but I also find it overwhelming because I'm like, well, there's like 50 million places I could choose. How do I narrow this down? How do I know if I'm picking the right one? Right. So I prefer to choose from like a shorter list, like the curated one you send out, than choosing from the whole of Airbnb, for example. <laughs> it is overwhelming. I mean, like doing the research, it's like, wow, there's so many spots to choose from, which is good because that means I can come back to an area down the road and highlight other places. But I also know that the people... As human nature, I think we we want the simplicity of things, right? And so having a few ideas, and I think that's another part too that I, I've realized is like I don't really necessarily expect people to like see this place and then go in and book it right away, right? It's more of like I want to inspire them to think about getting out and doing something different, changing their habits from what we just went through and kind of still going through of getting away from the digital world and getting out into nature and experiencing that because there's something. I think most or hope, I would think maybe all, but at least most people would uh, agree that when you get out to nature, there's just something different that happens to us that we feel. And I know there's, there's probably people who can go into really 
big depth of what that is, but I haven't researched that. So I don't know. I just know, I just know I feel different whenever I go out into nature and do things. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What I love about a curated list like this is, um, so I listen to a lot of like random podcasts about like sociology and like how people's brains work. And one that always stuck with me was this idea of they did an experiment where in a grocery store, they put like 50 different types of jellies and jams and they let people to try it up to three. And then they did the same thing and they had seven jellies and jams and they allowed people to try up to three. And when asked, a lot of people were a lot more satisfied when they chose from seven than when they chose from 50. Hmm. Because there's sort of like FOMO of the things that I didn't try, Uh, sort mm -hmm. of sours the things that you did try. Because you're like, I only got to pick three out of 50 different jellies and jams. What if I just didn't pick the right one? But out of seven, you're a lot more sure about your choice. So this idea of curating is such a really cool sort of psychological thing that happens where it makes people a lot more satisfied with the things that they choose which adds real value. Because if I just go to Airbnb and type in Iceland, oh my God, you know what I mean? <laughs> that, that's enough for yeah. just me to be oh, like, yeah. you know what, screw it. I'm just going to go to the beach. I'm just going to drive <laughs> to the beach an hour from my house and be fine. You know what I mean? If you get something that's like kind of this sort of quasi unsolicited, I mean, I signed up for it, so it's solicited, but like unsolicited thing that comes into my <laughs> inbox and it's just like, oh, look at this place. Oh, Iceland, I've always wanted to go there. Oh, this looks amazing. And you may not actually go to that place, but it may at least like spark something in you to like spark a conversation with your partner and say, you know what? Mm-hmm. We need to get the hell out of here. Let's go do something somewhere. Maybe Iceland, maybe somewhere else, maybe whatever. But I just, I love it because I may not necessarily be in the travel mode right now, but I get this sort of like way of experiencing that to some degree by looking through this newsletter and seeing like all these beautiful places or places I may not even have thought that I would be a cool vacation spot. Everyone always thinks of like, oh, you know, you go to Paris and look at the Louvre and, you know, you go to Iceland and you swim in those pools with the cool looking water or whatever. But like, it's like those ones, but like, I never think Croatia But everything I've ever seen from Croatia is like mind blowing. It's like Mm -hmm. Italy, but more affordable, you know, like it's just (laughs) gorgeous. Yeah, I I just love what you're doing with that and, and just curated things in general just usually really spark my interest for that. I think that curating things is is a really good place to start for a newsletter as well. Like if anyone is like knows that they want to have a newsletter and aren't sure exactly what to write about or whatever, I think that all of the newsletters that I love that I'm subscribed to are about curating things, whether it's um, links to other articles or videos or even just like thoughts. I follow a newsletter for the person who creates it usually because I'm like, okay, I trust their intelligence or their like judgment on this stuff or they're interested in similar things to me. And so if they're sending me an email with curated like yeah, curated thoughts, like what's on their mind or what are they reading? What are they watching? What are they listening to? Where are they staying on Airbnb? (laughs) It helps me sort through the denseness that is the internet, you know, and there's so much stuff coming at you all the time. Um, I think that newsletters are really powerful for curation and as a way of delivering curated content. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's when I look back at all the ones I'm subscribed to, that's the theme on mine as well is is that. So I definitely agree with that. Tell us about starting this, Daniel. Let's um, wait. How many issues are you in right now? Um, what are we up to at Venture Mode? Uh, just just six weeks into it, so cool, nice and fresh. Uh, I mean, not including the like the, the blogging six of, or yeah, yeah. five I sent out years ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but today it was number six. 
Okay, well, talk us through um, sending issue number one. How different is it from where we now are at with issue number six? And how did you decide on the format uh, to send your newsletter in? I don't think it's too much different. I think I added what I was trying to figure out starting number one. I, don't, I, said, I still don't know. There's so much I still don't know, right? Is five? I sent out five a week. Is that the right number? I don't, I don't know. Mm, you mean like five recommendations? Yes, yes. But I also... You know, you look at like how many people are clicking on the property and the properties and looking at that. And so I'm lo- I added like a button. The first one, I think I just put in there, but this time I, I added a button of like explore uh, this property. That's mostly my thought of like, I want, I want people to click and explore. I don't have any affiliate links in there. I'm not, that's not something I'm trying to do. So it's more of like, I want people to click in there because it, once you get in and start looking around, it really does inspire you to um, start like thinking about travel. And so it's more more than just um, reading this. I want you to, to actually explore. So I added that. Miguel added a suggestion, which I went out to today, which is whether it's pet friendly or not. I have kids. I don't have pets at the moment. And so I never mm. thought about how important it is for pets. And so he made a good point that he would rather not necessarily click on every one of them and see if they're pet friendly. But if I put that information in there. So that's kind of a little bit different. So it's, it's paid pretty close to the same. I think over the last six weeks, but again, I think I'm still pretty fresh into it and, I, and I'm learning and listening to people and, and thinking about what to add, I think in the future as well with it. Nice. Yeah. I like the format that you do with it where um, just to talk us through it for, especially for the audio listeners. Um, and also, so I don't share my whole inbox on screen right now, I should have prepared the <laughs> newsletter in a, in a separate tab or something, but basically Daniel sends out a short introduction and then there is the five Airbnbs or, you know, places to stay. Mm-hmm with the title of it, a photo, and then you have very clearly laid out the location, how many rooms it is, now you've added the pet friendly or not. And then I really like the what makes this unique part, where which is where, um, is this something you've written or that you've pulled from the listing as like the reason that you chose it? Yeah, it's, it's what I pulled from the, the listing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll change it around a little bit. I'll, t- I'll pull f- a few things from it and throw it in there, but essentially yep. it's what, you know, what they, they feel yeah. is unique about their place as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then of course the button to click to see it. So it's really clearly laid out. It's really, I think, well optimized for skimming through in particular, you know, like I scroll through and I'm like, oh, one in Japan. I'm really interested in going back to Japan, you know, and you, that catches your eye and you see it there. What gave you, I don't know, did you think about any other formats or how did you decide that this was the way to set up your newsletter? I really just kind of put it together. Like literally just came to me. I started um, adding in there. I was like, what information do I feel like is important? Uh, that would mm-hmm. be easy to read really quickly. And that would give me the information I felt like would be important. And so there's probably other things in there too, like pricing and all that kind of stuff that down the road, maybe I would consider putting in there. But I know that changes through seasons and stuff. So I don't know if it's like a price range or some, what it might be. But yeah, it really just kind of like, sometimes in life things just hit you. And that's kind of like, what happens, right? And this was one of those times where I didn't put a whole lot of thought into it. It was just more of like, what do I, what would I want? And so I kind of went with that. And then obviously, again, listening to now I'm listening to people who are reading and sharing that information um, and making the changes, because there are definitely things like pets that I, I love, but I don't didn't think of. Yeah, I think it's uh, when I when I think about what kind of emails I'm actually reading, and ones I'm kind of like skimming over, just like, visually, when you see like a giant block of text, I feel like mentally, uh, I just immediately get tired and go, oh, thanks. And then just like scroll through. I have all kinds of different emails that I, I subscribe to. And I notice the ones I tend to read more are the ones that just sort of 
highlight like very specific things and say it as succinctly as possible. And I feel like that adds the most value. I could just click on the link and spend five or six minutes reading up on this listing, but I don't want to do that. Or I mean, I want to do that. But if in your email, it just kind of gives me the, the basic sort of things that might whet my appetite to want to know more, then I think that that's perfect. If you were to give me like this long sort of like, if you were to give me all of the details on this thing, like how many, like, I don't know, like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like you, you, you have it there, like how many people, is it pet friendly, which you just added that, <laughs> where it is, and then what it is, what makes it unique. And that's it. And then like it, it you have a picture in there and then a link if you want to know more. And I think that's just like just the right amount of things uh, that might make, like, gives people value. Because other than that, if you're just going to just slam everything in there and it's like this email, I have to scroll, 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 scroll. Mm -hmm. At some point, I'm going to see those emails and be like, oh, it's you know, one of those long scroller emails. I'm just going to delete it. You know what I mean? I'm not even going to open it. It has to be something I get excited to engage with. And then it's simple to engage with, which I think is really important if anyone out there listening to this is thinking about what to do with a newsletter is try to make it engaging, make it something you would click on. Yes, mm -hmm. that's a great question to ask yourself. More information isn't better. A little salt in a, sh in a dish is excellent. The whole pitcher of salt is going to kill it. Don't do it. <laughs> so just more isn't always better. You have to find what the right amount is to really bring the email to life and make it worth something to somebody. Yeah, because I like... You have the right attitude, I think, towards this, Daniel, where you know your goal from this email is to get people to click through and explore the property and like, because you know that that'll maybe get them thinking about taking a trip. I found with with my emails, because I send out a newsletter as well, and I'm honestly from this conversation starting to rethink some of my formatting of it a bit, because <laughs> I tend to go for like a... Um, there's a bit of like an essay, like a short essay to kick it off and then getting into some like shorter links of like things I've been seeing around. I feel like I still want to include that longer piece because I kind of like that I'm essentially blogging to a more private group, but maybe I should move some shorter like takeaway stuff up the top just to really engage people in on the email so that they, you know, know that this one's worth their time to read. I would be interested to know how that goes. Yeah. I'll, I'll report back. If you move if you move it around and you find that you have more engagement, it would be kind of an interesting mm -hmm. thing to see. But Yeah, something I'm aiming for with my newsletter is to get replies. Like that's, I think, what you talking about, Daniel, like wanting people to click through and explore. I want people to click on my content in it too, but I'm really particularly interested in when people respond. When I've written something mm -hmm. or like shared something in the newsletter that made someone click reply. And so I wonder from you, Daniel, how much response you've had from new newsletter so far. You said you've been hearing from people and that that's caused some of the change. Um, tell us a little bit about that, what the response from your audience has been. Sure. And uh, real quick before that, I wanted to mention that one thing I did think through too was the mobile experience. So I wanted to make sure that because um, most people I felt were going to be reading on their phone, mm -hmm. um, especially something quick. And so I wanted to make sure that the photos and everything looked really good in mobile. So that was one thing I did think through as well. So that's kind of... Um, just super important, I think, obviously, these days, uh, the mobile the mobile game. <laughs> what was the question again? Sorry, the other uh, question. The... Yeah, yeah, about, about what the response has been from your audience. Have yeah. you had replies to the newsletter? And yeah, how's it been going? I've only had uh, maybe a handful mm -hmm. replies, uh, but a lot of other things has been like people, uh, whether like Miguel just hitting me up on uh, our internal Slack um, channel, or I actually created a venture remote Slack channel back when I was doing remote. And a lot of my friends from other companies are on that. And I got some feedback from that. And then 
just Facebook, people hit me up on Facebook saying like, a, like here's a, a friend of mine has this place or whatever it might be. So it's just kind of all over the place, nice. um, but not a whole lot of like response to the actual email um, just yet. I'm hoping again that people in the future, they go to a place and they experience it and write back. Uh, maybe that's wishful thinking, but uh, I hope that people do start sharing their, their ventures out there. And I would like to highlight some of those um, like in the future as well. Daniel found a cool video of the Airbnb where where I stayed when I proposed to my wife, Aww. which is funny. Like somebody that does a really good job, sort of like their cinematography is great and they sort of do sort of like a, a house hunters-esque type of a show, but they just kind of go through and explore an Airbnb in the surrounding area. And he found one of the place where I stayed in North Carolina, not too, too far from where Daniel lives, <laughs> up in the mountains. And... uh I just thought that was funny, but like, he's, he's always out there, like looking for this stuff and he just found like a cool video. So I got to send that to my wife and be like, Hey, remember this? And she's like, Oh my God. You know, so <laughs> you'd be worried if she didn't remember it. Right. I was like, what is, <laughs> what is this? Hey, do you want to stay here? What is this place? <laughs> yeah. It was pretty funny. Miguel was like, are you do know that's where I got like engaged. Right. And I was like, yeah, you're <laughs> wasn't just a random me sharing this. Uh... It's like, what a coincidence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's pretty good. Speaking of of audience, um, do you mind sharing how many subscribers are on this newsletter right now? I'm not. Uh, six weeks into it, I just hit over 100, so that's not very many. But I'm I didn't expect to be over 100 just yet. So just just again, full transparency, I had like maybe 40 ish on the list prior to that. Just stayed mm-hmm. on there for two years that I did nothing with. I obviously sent out an email explaining I was changing things. This is what I'm going to do. I think one person unsubscribed, maybe two. So those people actually stuck with it, stuck with it. Um, Because I think it does kind of, even though it was about remote work, again, this kind of ties in about a lot of us who are working remote, getting out uh, into actually the nature and and experience that. So, so just, just surpass, I think, I think a total is like one or two right now. Nice. And what's been your main way to build up the audience, that extra 60 or so that you have gotten since you started? Yeah, the biggest was I posted internally here at ConvertKit, which I got a few of uh, you wonderful people. But then also on Facebook, mm-hmm. that's kind of like the interesting because I'm, although I've done business, many different business things in the past, I still am very like shy about sharing ideas and all that kind of stuff uh, externally to many, a lot of people. Not because I care about people knowing what I'm doing idea wise, but just I'm just shy about that. So I launched, I sent it out on, on Facebook, not really knowing what to expect. And I think that's when the majority of people um, signed up, probably over 50 people or something like that on Facebook. So that's great. Because do you have, was that just your personal Facebook as well? It's not mm-hmm. like you had like a venture remote social media presence to to share within. I have a venture remote Facebook page with like six people that, mm-hmm. so there, there was a, it's just all friends on that side of thing. And that's one thing that, so my goal is to send out one weekly. Mm-hmm. And then my other goal was like, what can I do weekly to expand the list, to grow the list? Um, uh, you know, and so that's kind of trying to keep it simple because I, I, again, I don't want to, I don't want to get burnt out on doing too much, working a full-time job, family, and then bringing on this side thing. And so I'm trying to keep it super simple where I do that. And so that's kind of my goal every week. I love that. Like the goal is get the thing out consistently and slowly over time, try new things to, to build the audience. Can you share any examples of um, some of the, well, I guess, posting to Facebook, posting to internals, mm-hmm. like might have been things that were part of that, trying to grow it? 
Yeah, that's so that's kind of where it all that's where that's been it so far. And so this yep. week I was like, I don't I don't know what I'm gonna do. And then you all hit me up about this and I was like, Well, this kind hey. of checks this week, right? Here we go. Let's bring that URL up again. Head to VentureRemote.com. Yes, thank you. (laughs) And subscribe to Daniel's newsletter. There we go. (laughs) For those of you who are listening, it's Venture Remote is like, it's not Venture Remote. It's Venture Remote, like it's one word, but like you don't write the RE twice. But Daniel is very, very tricky and very intelligent where he bought both of the URLs. So he has Venture Remote and he has Venture Remote where... It only has one RE in the middle. It's kind of hard to explain in an audio sense. I feel like it's really a visual thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a visual thing. But in any case, the other one will redirect to this one. So you're catching everybody no matter what they do. So that's yep. super smart. Yep. I love, um, maybe that's actually another really good tip that people could take away from this is having, investing in a domain for your newsletter, uh, I think is a really good idea. Obviously, we, we haven't talked about like, how did you decide what platform to send your newsletter through, Daniel? Because... I'd be worried if you didn't choose ConvertKit, you know, like why are you working here if you don't believe in it for sending your own newsletter? But, you know, in ConvertKit, you can connect a domain mm-hmm. um, uh, to a landing page. But um, I know you also, you built your own website for it as well. Yeah. So let me back, back up a little bit more if, if it's okay. Um, yeah. I, a year and a half ago, sold my web agency mm-hmm. um, that I had. And at that point, I was like, creative mindset, like just dead to the world. I didn't have any creative juice in me when it came to like being a creative outside of work. And so I I wanted to take some time off and let that like come back to me. Right. And it took about a year and a half before it came back. And so I told myself, all right, I'm feeling it come back, but I don't want to dive heads like in because I have no plans on leaving ConvertKit. I don't want to leave ConvertKit and I want to be here for a long time. And so I want to do something that's that engages my creative side um, because I did miss that part but I want it to be something I can do pretty light on the side. And that led me, I think it answers your question about, I chose to, it's just a one page website. You know, I'm not choosing right now to like go into and start blogging. So I wanted to keep it super simple. One page website, if you go to that domain, you'll just see, you can sign up for my newsletter, that's it. And then um, obviously I, I was going to use ConvertKit for, for that, for the, uh, for the website I use Webflow. My agency was built off of WordPress. And so I wanted to, learn something new, which uh, was Webflow, but also have a lot of friends that work at Webflow. So I was like, uh, I'm going to give it a go and, and and dive into Webflow, which is a great platform. Um, I, I recommend, recommend it, but also recommend WordPress if uh, what works best for you. But I wanted to keep it simple. And I think all of this is simple. It, um, it all ties in really well together. And that's a big part of like every morning I get up um, around 5.30 to 5.45. I spend about an hour working on this and then I jump into work and kind of go from there. So again, something I can create that routine daily. That's super smart. Yep. That's the way to do it. I think to fit inside hustles alongside the nine to five slash whatever hours you keep. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm trying to make sure we're not talking in terms of where we assume everyone knows what we're talking about. So just in case you don't, if, if you've ever thought of a barrier to starting something uh, as like, oh, I got to design a web page and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. A really, really cool way to kind of circumvent that, but still kind of have your cake and eat it too, is just do what we're talking about here and get a landing page. So it's some, one of those things that we have with ConvertKit. You can even do it with a free account or you can create a a landing page as just think of it as a, oh, as a one page web page. So you're not clicking around with different tabs and there's different sections. It's just 
you know, you have your opt-in and you have all different kinds of things that you can choose from, whether you want to put a video in there or you want to just do images, or if it's a blog kind of page, or if it's more of a, like a YouTube kind of page, we have all kinds of templates for different types of landing pages that you want to use. And I think it's really cool because instead of having to worry about, oh, I have to, I've never built a web page before. How do I do this? It's just a real easy way to just kind of like you buy a domain, you redirect it to this place and people can go there, see what you're about and sign up if they want to know more. And it's just, it's all about getting started and just doing things quickly. And I just wanted to address that because yep. when I explain what I do to my friends, I, a lot of the times they'll say, oh, I, I've thought about doing something like that, but I don't know how to build a web page. And, and all of a sudden I get into like salesman mode where I'm just like, say everything that I just said just two seconds ago. <laughs> and I'm just like, well, actually, did you know? But like, and I'm not like, honestly, like, it's just crazy to me that like, it's a lot of people just build this wall immediately when they think about something that they want to do. You immediately, I think it's human nature. You think about all the things that are in your way between where you are now and where you want to be. And you'd be surprised how many tools there are out there that just make it so simple to just get off, off the ground and it's not as hard. This isn't 1997 anymore. You don't have to like learn PHP to have a web page. So, but also I think there's a it's not just the tools, but there's a mindset shift as well. And I think approaching it the way Daniel has makes a lot of sense where you haven't gone into this being like, okay, the venture remote business. This is how I'm going to monetize. I need a site mm -hmm. with like an about page and a blog and like a all, you know, all this stuff. You've gone like one page site, newsletter is where I'm starting, which I think is very smart because you can build from here and make what you are doing quality because you're not spreading yourself too thin. But I'm sure you do have bigger goals as well, or like maybe thoughts on um, where you'd take this in the future. Um, anything you can share about like the future of Venture Remote? I think like going into my brain, I've always thought of, I want people have a thousand ideas and all the ideas equal, like, how do I make money from it? Right. And so mm -hmm. what I want to do with this is actually switch that mindset and say, how do I create value? And then I'm in a good position in life where I can create value and then think about the, the money later. Um, and I don't know that I've been in that position and for like maybe ever in life where I didn't have to think about right away how to make money. One, it's what I'm doing is super cheap. And so there's not a lot of money invested in I think I'm paying seven or eight dollars a month or something like that for my hosting or uh, um, something like that. Uh, and then obviously as a convert kit employee, we get that free, um, which we also have a free account if you aren't that you can uh, use. So super low, low on that, right? Price wise. But I, I, I'm trying to keep the mindset of like, how to create value. Um, just want to create value. And then down the road, I will look at ways to monetize. But obviously I've thought about monetization and my thoughts towards it is I, there are a few different ways I think you could go. And this may totally not be the way I go down the road. Um, and so this could just be ideas that don't pan out in the future. But I think there's different ways you can go. You can go towards, obviously, if you get a big enough list, you can do just the sponsorship with it. Mm -hmm. Within ConvertKit, you can actually choose. So I could say I want to send out to all my people around um, New York City or something like that, right? If I have a bunch of people who are subscribed in New York, I can send out I think I can narrow down and say, I want to send these properties to people that are in New York. And maybe they're just like mm -hmm. East Coast properties that that are more relevant to where they are, might want to travel. And so I think down the road, I could try to see if people would pay a yearly fee for that to get more specific places you know, to them. Uh, and then on the opposite side, I think for the um, 
actual Airbnb owners. I think I could sell them like, hey, for a, a monthly fee or a yearly fee, there's going to be weekends that open up and you might want to sell them quickly. And I, I can target this area. And for X amount of dollars, you can let me know and I can send blast out to these people. This cool place is open you know, for the weekend. And so it gives them a way to kind of hit up a different audience and maybe rent that place out much quicker. Uh, so that's kind of what I thought about, but it may or may not be the way that I go. And at this point, I'm not even worried about trying to to get there. I just want to show value and create value and, and have fun with it and not think about the money side of it right now. Yeah, that's the right attitude, I think. You know, it, would Amazon be here if Jeff Bezos was trying to turn a profit? <laughs> Probably not. Yeah, I think famously they operated on, on a loss for a long time and all that mattered was growth. So I think that kind of mindset has something to be said for it, where if you're just trying to grow it, it's not about trying to make money off of it. It's just grow it, make it something that's valuable to people, iterate on things, try to make it the best possible thing that it is. And if it's something that's valuable to people, then they will pay for it and you won't have to force them to pay for it. Because I feel like if you're trying to sort of twist it into something that fits a pay structure, people are going to mm -hmm. drop like flies. And people are intelligent and they know what they want. And uh, you know what I mean? So if something suddenly turns, something that used to be free, it has now changed on its head and it's constantly trying to find ways for me to pay for it. I'll get wise to that real quick and I will unsubscribe so fast. So... Yeah, and I think that um, building it alongside as a side hustle as well gives you that freedom to not care about the money straight away. Mm -hmm. and that's why, I mean, I'm a huge fan of side hustles and I talk about them all the time because I think they can you can get something from them that you maybe don't get in your day-to-day -day job. Like, I don't know, you don't get to research trips as part of your work at ConvertKit, right, Daniel? <laughs> but you can do it, you enjoy it, so you can do it on the side as a side hustle and get your fill of that. Um, I think that's a, a great way to do it. Yeah, and I... To Miguel's point, I think, I don't know, just kind of where my thought is about the monetization um, is that I want to keep what, what I'm doing now always free. And so that like that never changes. And then down the road, as people trust what I'm doing and, and what and want more, then you, you introduce another like option that if they want to pay for this, they can, but it's super clear, right? It's like free, always free and not free. I chose to pay you because I want more. Mm -hmm. uh, and so there's that clear, those, those clear um, boundaries compared to like, you're right. Sometimes it's like people are always pitching you this and this and this. That's just not me. I, it's not, I think some people are really good at that and they do really well with that. And that's totally fine, but it's just not me. I, uh, I want those clear boundaries and I want it to be pretty simple, straightforward as a, as a business. I would be, I would wonder who you are, Daniel, if it wasn't like that. Cause I just, I know you as a person and I just like, you're just a pretty genuine guy and it comes through in what you're doing and I'm excited to see where it goes. And I genuinely get excited when I see your emails in my inbox because then I get to like, Thanks. my mind gets to travel the world for a little bit. So I wish you the best of luck. Um, I'm sure you'll do great. And I mean, I can tell you for sure that you got at least one new subscriber because Teddy already said that he subscribed. So there you go. Thank you, Teddy. Yes. Boom. Glad to have you, Teddy. Thank you. I really appreciate that. All right. Well, uh, thank you, Daniel, for joining us. Uh, Charlie. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Charlie, I hope, uh, I think this is the end of your day. So enjoy the rest of your evening to get to be creative and do your own thing. <laughs> thank everybody for joining in and uh, being in the chat. And we'll see you all next week. Bye. Bye, everybody. Adios. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Future Belongs to Creators. 
If you enjoyed it, be sure to subscribe so that new episodes appear in your podcast feed every week. And while you're at it, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to hear what you think of the show. If you want to join us live for the next recording, you'll find us on ConvertKit's YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash ConvertKit every Wednesday at 1230 Eastern. This show, like everything we do at ConvertKit, is made for creators by creators. We're on a mission to help creators like you earn a living online, and we make software that helps you build and connect with an audience of loyal fans. ConvertKit is the best way to launch or grow your next creative project. So to start building your audience, go to convertkit.com slash free and create a free account. We're looking forward to helping you on your creator journey.